On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Hello, my friends. How's it going? Today, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's appeal. Just kidding. <laughs> I told these guys, finally, we're going to talk about something other than Donald Trump. Uh, so I am super excited. I'm going to hold, hold off. Hopefully, he doesn't do anything silly in the next week or two. Maybe we could go on a, on a, uh, a what's it called when you do things at a few consecutive run? A hot streak of no Donald Trump uh, lawsuits. But I swear to God, I could teach a whole law school just on Donald Trump's different cases. Today, we're going to talk about Jennifer Crumbly, and she is the mother of a, uh, he was 15 at the time, and he uh, went to his high school in Michigan, and one of those very sad school shootings, uh, four Michigan high school students, you probably, you guys remember this, right? It was in November of 2021 in Oxford, Michigan. And uh, for the first time in our country's history, the parents of the 15-year-old uh, school shooter got charged with manslaughter. And the mom had her trial. The dad's trial is coming up. And the jury found the mom guilty of manslaughter. She's been sitting in a Michigan prison for two and a half years so far. And um, the sentencing is coming up. Uh, so we're going to talk about that case because she didn't, you know, she wasn't there the day of the shooting. She didn't shoot anyone you know, so she didn't she didn't hurt anyone, you know, like directly. And uh, she got nailed for, you know, and, and we'll, we'll go over it. But, but basically having a gun and, and having it accessible to a teenager, the teenager takes it to school, this and that, you know. And, and like I said, what happened happened. Uh, all right. So let me set this up. There is a family of three. Uh, Zeke, how do you point three? Is it this way? Dreiglaser. There's three of them. Mateo, hey, Mateo, why are you flipping me off, dude? That's only one. That's only one, dude. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's three of them, the mom, the dad, and and he was, like I said, 15 at the time of the shooting. Uh, the, the Ethan is the son's name. And basically, so this, again, it's happened in November 2021. I keep saying the date because it was in the uh, middle, so to speak, of COVID. And COVID had... You know, one of the things that he he claimed like upset him more was the isolation during that time. Uh, and then, you know, also the parents have said, you know, the isolation during that time was difficult for them. And they have a single kid and they had to work and the kid was not going to school, you know. So, um, OK, so and then a lot of the problems. The jury trial for the mom, right, there was no trial for the kid because he pleaded guilty and he got a life sentence without the possibility of parole. The mom did not plead guilty to manslaughter. Uh, and manslaughter, by the way, is a, when, when there's not a direct, like, uh, like a shooting, you know, the, the, the defendant is not charged with directly killing someone, but they could be charged with this indirect, you know, or it could be they directly kill someone, but they didn't intend it. You know, like if someone was drinking and driving and, and kill someone, that is what we call manslaughter, meaning it's not murder. There wasn't like an intent to kill somebody, but you were so stupid or so reckless that, you know, somebody, yeah, you kill someone. So that's basically what they're charging the mom with. You were so reckless in how you had a gun in the house. The gun was accessible to the kid. The kid had all these 
uh, underlying mental issues that were obvious to see that you didn't do anything about and you didn't lock the gun, uh, you know, well enough <laughs> type of thing, right? And so because you were so reckless, you caused the kid, uh, you know, to go and shoot and kill four students at the high school. Uh, that is a pretty big charge, wouldn't you say, Mateo? First in our country ever. And, uh, you know, the prosecutor so far, one for one uh, in, in all of these charges. Okay. Uh, so in March of that year, about eight months before, this is where the court is starting to ding the parents uh, for kind of like these alleged problems that the kid is having. And some of those problems that year were things like he would text the mom and dad, you know, things like there's someone in the house. And this is, this is again, March of 2021. So he's like alone all day. Uh, the parents are gone all day, not to any fault of their own. They're working, you know, and uh, so they're gone all day. He's alone all day. And he's texting at some points. I think there's one in the house when there was no one in the house. I think someone just ran in the bathroom, flushed the toilet, left. Um, uh, you know, I'm scared and things like that. So they would kind of call him and and try to sort out what happens. And sometimes they didn't call him. Sometimes like he would text us and they would just like kind of blow it off. Uh, he said at one point, you know, somebody's throwing uh, like plates and bowls around the house. I don't know who it is. Uh, I'm not kidding. This is really effed up, um, you know, and they didn't. They didn't uh, do anything in the sense that they didn't, like, go seek help or, uh, you know, I, and, and this is seven or eight months before. And then those type of things, you know, continued a little bit. They just thought he was uh, trying to, you know, I, can't, I, I don't know exactly what they thought, right? But they didn't think it warranted some sort of, oh, my God, you know, he's going to go shoot the school. You know, like, they didn't, like, they didn't think that, uh, definitely. They didn't even think it you know, warranted going up to that, that level. I know that his, her lawyer in closing argument said, look, kids, they just text the darndest thing sometimes. And sometimes you don't know if they're joking, they're trying to annoy you, they're trying to get your attention, they're trying to, you know, whatever. So these things were not uh, something that alerted the parents of, of some sort of need for immediate, uh, you know, counseling. Uh, and not to say that immediate counseling would have, you know, helped or not helped, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, and then another thing is, you know, at one point when, you know, she would text the dad and all of these things came out in the trial, all of their text messages. Did you guys know that if you delete a text message and the other person that has the text message deletes it also, the text message more or less is gone. Like nobody has it, you know? Um, and so, but, but in these cases, one of the parents or the kid, you know, they had the text message uh, that also came up in trial because they uh, these text messages were on the kid's phone, but a lot of them were not on the mom's phone, showing that maybe she deleted them. You see, you know, and so um, so it, it kind of came up that way. Had the kid deleted it too, then it it could have just never been recoverable. That's why a lot of uh, like athletes and and actors and stuff they just what do they do every year? They just get rid of the phone <laughs> and then get a new one just. Uh, just so they just they don't have as much evidence on them. Not not that they're doing something criminal, but could be whatever. They're having an affair. They're, they're doing this. They're doing that. Whatever it is. They just don't want the media to one day get that phone. And one thing I can't believe that they did was he was texting his friends and uh, he would send disturbing texts back and forth with his buddies. Uh, I don't think that should have been admissible evidence in the mom's trial 
because there was no evidence that the mom or dad, uh, re, you know, reviewed. Would it be reviewed those messages or viewed those messages? Da, 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 da. I'll go with viewed those messages, right? So there's no evidence that they viewed those messages. Typical Joe Samuel. I ask a question and I answer it before the person has the time. What do you think, Zeke? Viewed or reviewed those messages? What do you want to go with? Sneaking a peek. This guy, this guy. I'm talking about messages on a phone, not, you know. All right. <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking, Mateo. Read? Oh, look at it. They didn't read those messages. There was no evidence that they read those messages. So I don't think it, they should have been admissible. Uh, but, you know, the judge obviously disagreed and, and ruled that they were dismissible. So some of those texts that he would go back and forth with his buddy, but this time I'm going to tell them about the voices. I only told uh, them about the people I saw. So he's telling his buddy about these hallucinations or whatever you want to call it. And this is a big one. Uh, the sh the kid, uh, Ethan is his name, is the guy that's serving life in prison for killing these four people, for four innocent high school students. Um, he texted his buddy that when I told my, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, I told my dad about this medical, like I need medical help. And my dad told me to just, you know, basically shut up and suck it up. Okay. Now the dad doesn't admit to saying that or doesn't say that he said that. And it's a very strange thing. This is the kid telling another kid that on a text message. So, uh, that was admissible. So the jury heard that, you know, obviously, uh, that is going to be an issue on appeal. Uh, then there's, there's more. <laughs> the the one thing I thought that was kind of funny, the court the court had an opinion. Uh, while many of the messages contain normal teenage banter, uh, others involved conversations about wanting guns and making plans to buy them. So there was some text between him and his buddy going back and forth about, check out this gun, look at that gun, I want to buy this, you know, I want to sell the, you know, whatever. Uh but my, 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 the part I like there is normal teenage banter. That sounds like a scary phrase, huh? <laughs> Mateo, what do you and your buddies talk about? That's normal banter, the normal teenage banter, huh? <laughs> Let me see your phone right now. Okay. No, no, that would be scary. I'd have to, like, wash my hands if I saw that guy's phone, right? <laughs> okay. So, anyhow, uh, I think that that was uh, unfair to bring up. And that pales in comparison to... Uh, apparently the kid, uh, kept a journal and in this journal, he had 21 pages and every single page of the 21 pages talked about, uh, go doing a school shooting. Now, uh, the parents, I think just like the text messages, I don't know, uh, how that's relevant to the parents case. Uh, but the journal was read to the jury and obviously it was not good because he would say, he would write things in the journal, things like, uh, I will cause the biggest school shooting in Michigan's history. Sadly, he did. Uh, I will kill everyone. I effing see. I'm, I'm not saying the bad words. I'm just kind of cutting that part out. Uh, oh, he also wrote, I have fully mentally lost it after years of fighting with my dark side. My parents won't listen to me about help or a therapist. I have zero help for my mental problems and it's causing me to shoot up the effing school. That is very bad. I mean, I, or not bad, but that's, you know, obviously very scary. And that was read to the jury. There's no, I, it's a tough one 
What what's the uh, what does the prosecutor think the parents should do? Read his journal? I mean, I don't know. And all I could say is, if I had a journal in high school, thank God no one read it. They would think, "Oh my God, Joe Samuel, this dude." Not that he's a, not, they wouldn't be afraid I'd shoot up the school. They'd be afraid of like what was going on in my mind, you know. But uh, I I mean I don't know. I don't like to read my parent my kids stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, I don't like to read it. If they do keep a journal, I probably wouldn't open it. You know, Zeke, you look like the, what do you, would you, he's not answering. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot. Okay. So he kept the journal. His journal was really bad. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, it's very scary. Uh, then, and this is where it gets a little, you know, on black Friday, you know how they have those like great deals on black Friday. What do you like to get on black Friday, Mateo? It's your favorite, uh, a Nintendo game or something? Machine gun! Machine okay. gun! Ethan's dad got him a gun on Black Friday. Uh, kind of an odd gift uh, on a Black Friday. You know, you ever buy a loaded pistol for a kid on a Black Friday sale? You know, um, and this is obviously where the case kind of takes a bad turn, so to speak. So he bought him a gun. I mean... The law in Michigan is that you can't be 15 and own a gun. Uh, so the dad bought it in his name, but it was basically for the kid. The kid would put, post pictures of the gun, check out my new gun on Instagram, uh, and things like that. That is not good, I think. What do you, you know, <laughs> right? On November 26th, the dad went and purchased this gun. It was Black Friday, a 9mm Sig Sauer handgun. Uh, and this, like I said, that, that it was... You know, that's where everything changed. And he posted these pictures on Facebook or sorry, not Facebook, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. So I guess I could have said that. All right. Um, then the mom takes him out, you know, like a mommy son date to the shooting range. I mean, it's not illegal, I guess. So it's fine. It's legal to take a, a minor in Michigan to a shooting range. And in California, you know, you want them to shoot. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm at a loss here. But she, they took it. She took him to the uh, the shooting range, and and they went shooting and uh, and all that good stuff. Then, this is according to the parents, they kept the gun, uh, you know, kind of safely stored out of sight. That thing in the, in their bedroom. Uh, the kid. He kind of did his parents a dis well, well, obviously deserves, but even during the trial, the kid did not want to testify. Even though he pleaded guilty and and he's life in prison, he didn't testify in his mom's trial. He could have testified and he could have said, Yeah, they let me keep the gun in my room, you know, or he could have testified, you know, uh, that they kept the gun in it, you know, I had to search for it, I had to break the log, or I I had to like search the code or or whatever, you know, but he didn't say anything. Um, so we don't know exactly. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it depends on who we listen to or who, who obviously the jury didn't think the parents kept it locked up in their room in a way that would be inaccessible to the kid. They thought that the kid just had it in his room because it was his gun. You know, there's photos of it on Instagram and that the, the parents were uh, laissez-faire about it. Okay. The day before the shooting, in uh, in school, this kid uh, Ethan he started um, he would write kind of like disturbing things in class and do disturbing things. Uh, the day before the shooting, he's on his phone and he's searching for ammunition to buy ammunition and what kind of ammunition is you know uh, better and, and blah blah blah. 
Uh, and one of the, the school teachers noticed it and called the principal's office there. They, they called the dean of students. So I'm just going to call principal. Um, and so they called the principal's office. And then the principal called them in. He's like, what the heck are you doing? You know, uh, what's going on? Why are you looking up ammunition here at school? Um, like, right. So he told him, oh, I'm just like kind of goofing around. Nothing important. Nothing big. Um, and then there's this very important text exchange uh, between Ethan and his mom. And that text and he told his mom, you know, oh, the, because they told the mom that, hey, your kid was looking up ammunition and blah, blah, blah. And he told the mom, no, it's no big deal. I was just kind of goofing around. Basically, and she said, well, well, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that at school. You can't like look up ammunition at school. And he said, yeah, I know. I was just goofing around, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this is where, because remember, the parents know about the gun. She took them to the gun range. They're, they're gun nuts. Is that what it's called? Like they have a bunch of guns and, you know, this and that, right? Um, so she said, and this one played very, very poorly for uh, Jennifer Crumbly at the trial. She said, LOL. I'm not mad. You have to learn not to get caught. He responded with um, I-K-L-O-L. Hit us, Mateo. You know what that means? I know. Laugh out loud. Yeah. I, <laughs> dude, my kids come up to me and they're just like, F-I-I-C-B-J-K-B-C-B-O-B-F-A-I-T. And I'm like, what the heck did this homeboy just say? You know? All right. All right. So anyhow, uh, so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. That one played very poorly uh, to the jury in the sense that, you know, her, her, her saying, just don't get caught. I'm not mad you're looking at ammunition. Not good evidence, okay? Then the morning of, oh, remember what I've said? I had a law school professor. He always used to say about evidence. Every piece of evidence is like a brick. And uh, you want to build your case. You want to build the brick wall. You know, you, one brick is not going to do it. You have to have tons and tons of bricks and you have to, like, put them all together correctly, you know, to, to have your wall. So this is just the prosecutor, you know, all of these pieces of evidence, just one by one is not a big deal. Uh, but, well, maybe the ammunition one is, but, but all together, it's coming up to be a big deal, right? Um, now, the school didn't suspend him, and the school didn't kind of have any sort of uh, disciplinary action, Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, but Joe Samo sneaking in dirty pictures in math class. I got suspended to hell. No, sorry. Sorry. Don't say that. I don't want that on my record. Can we edit that part out? What do you just edit that part out? Okay. So listen, um, so then it gets worse, obviously. And now we're on the day of the actual shooting. This is not going to go well on the morning of the shooting. Uh, you know, the mom went to work, the dad, the dad was kind of a pothead, you know, and he worked at a, he, uh, he delivered food. Uh, but they made a big deal out of this, the prosecutor, the day of the shooting, the dad went to go check on the sick horse. Like the, these couple of days, they were very nervous about one of their horses that was sick. Um, and the prosecutor kept saying, you know, they cared so much about the horse, you know, uh, but they didn't care about the kid, uh, who had all these mental issues. And I think, yeah, I mean, it could be explained that the mental issues are tougher to, uh, kind of deal with or see, you know, uh, for a lot of parents than like if the, the horse is sick. Like if this guy was sick, sick, the kid when he had like an intestinal issue or he couldn't like his throat was green or something, I think they would have went to the doctor right away, you know, but with the mental issues, it was, it, it was just a little different. Okay. And I'm not, you know, a lot of parents kind of don't understand it. Maybe who knows, but anyway, so the day of the shooting, it gets very, very bad in math class. He starts drawing 
uh, in math class, and this is like around like right before 9 a.m., uh, it, it, he had like a math quiz or something or a math worksheet, and he drew things. Uh, I guess we could put this on, uh, you know, if if to see it, but he drew a gun and he says, you know, the thoughts uh, won't stop, help me. Like he drew that and he wrote that in math class. Then he drew... Uh, uh, you know, somebody with all this blood coming out of his head. Uh, and then he wrote blood everywhere and he drew a bullet. Uh, that is very bad. Okay. That's the morning of the shooting. All right. And the math teacher saw this and sent him to the principal's office right away with all of this. Right. And the principal basically called the parents. The parents came in. Uh, the kid came in, they kind of talked about it. What's going on? Oh, I'm just goofing around. Uh, and then he, he wrote down that he's, this is just a video game, you know? So he's drawing video game, um, scenes and, and stuff like that. And the parents are like worried. They even said to him, they said, no, <laughs> you're not. Um, this is like something bad. And then, so they, they kind of had a meeting, uh, and they decided that, uh, he should go seek counseling within 48 hours. That was the decision. Bad decision, you know, because uh, he had, unbeknownst to everybody but him, he had the loaded six hour in his backpack uh, during this time. And uh, so they let him go back to class. Yeah, they let him go back to class. I don't know. Is it all the parents' fault? I mean, the school let him go back to class. I, I would have probably said, you know what? Especially because I, I didn't write it, but uh, I mean, he wrote other things like he wrote uh, my life is useless on that math sheet. That's not I would have probably if I was a principal, I would have said, let's uh, let's go. Let's get you <laughs> help today. Right. I mean, uh, go, home and rest, you know? go home and rest. Let's get you some help. You know, you're not in trouble. Let's just get you some help. Right. Uh, but they didn't say that. They said, how about within the next couple of days, go seek counseling. So instead, he goes back to class. This is this part is tough uh, for me. So he goes back to class, and even his mom would text him and kind of check in on on him and things like that. Um, oh man, okay, yeah. So later that morning, it was actually right at noon or or twelve twenty. He went into the bathroom, got out his loaded six hour and uh, his automatic nine millimeter, and went out in the school. And he waited until. The, the school was in, um, in between classes so that everyone's walking around. Uh, and by the way, this is, this is weird. About just 20 minutes, his last text exchange with his mom, his mom sent him a text that said, you know you can talk to us and we won't judge. Uh, this was at 12.21 p.m. Uh, and then the kid wrote back, I know, thank you, I'm sorry for that, I love you. Uh, then... Oh, man, then he went into the bathroom, he got out his his loaded pistol, and then he went out and he shot four, he killed four people, injured a bunch of other ones. Uh, he gets arrested uh, without incident, <laughs> okay? Um, and then my goal today is to discuss the mom who is now in prison uh, for, for, for everything that happened. The ensuing trial uh, kind of goes like this. First, they... Uh, the parents appealed just the charges. And what that means, it's like in civil court, we call it the demur. The demur means even if these allegations are true, 
there isn't a viable case against us. Uh, that went to the the trial court judge. The trial court ruled, no, if all these things are true, that this is how everything came down, then a jury could reasonably find that you are guilty of manslaughter. Uh, they appealed that to the appellate court. And after you know a couple of hagglings, uh, some, there was some back and forth, the appellate court went into detail and said, basically that um, it's fair that this can be a manslaughter charge. And I think this one is going to ultimately, you know, come back to another appellate court later. Uh, the, the, the appellate court said because there was negligence and it was this negligence that caused these incidents is to happen. <laughs> um, and there's, a, there's this like crazy thing in law school. We call it Factual causation versus proximate causation. Factual causation is, had they done things differently, you know, <laughs> but for uh, the parents' actions, would this not have happened? You know, that always, like, I hated all those double negatives in law school, you know? But basically, no, if the parents were, like, spot on and everything, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Uh, obviously, the jury thought this would not have happened had the parents been spot on and not bought him a gun and left it accessible to him and not notice his mental issues, blah, blah, blah. And then there's what's called the proximate causation. The proximate causation is, is kind of has an element of fault. Like, like you caused this, like your negligence directly, proximately caused it. And there's no fine line, but it's kind of like, imagine if, um, you know, I, I decide, okay, cool, you can go on the airplane. You know, like I could tell my friend or my kid or, or whatever, you can go on the airplane and then God forbid there's an airplane crash. I factually caused it, meaning like if had I just said, no, you can't go, nothing would have happened. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's that one. That one's a low burden. The proximate causation is like, but I didn't really do anything wrong. Like it wasn't like my, my decision caused it. Do you see what I'm saying? But if the airline pilot was drinking, you know, and drunk and, and flying, that caused it factually and proximately. Everyone, do you see what I'm saying? So here you know, that's going to be the big issue. It's like, yes, had the parents not bought him a gun and had they locked it or had they got him help earlier and blah, 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 probably none of this would have happened. Uh, but can you really pin all of this on the parents? The appellate court said you can, a jury can reasonably do it. Um, then they appealed that to the Michigan Supreme Court. The Michigan Supreme Court said the appeal is denied uh, this is my favorite sentence here, because we are not persuaded that the question presented should be reviewed by this court, meaning uh, go back to trial. And if you lose, maybe then we could, the, the question is ripe for us. Like the, the appellate court, sometimes I have another case that I'm dealing with and uh, it was before a trial happened. So these, the appellate decision was all done before the trial. Uh, one party appealed and then the other, my client was like, oh, what's going on? So now there's not going to be a trial or blah, blah, blah. Like how long is it going to take? I said, well, the first six or so months, the court is going to decide if they can decide this issue right now. <laughs> and then if they decide they can decide it, then they'll decide it. If they decide they can't decide it, they'll send it back to the trial court. So the appellate court said we could decide this case before the trial. Like, and, and we rule that a jury could, could hear this, you know, because you always want the case dismissed before a jury trial. That's your goal. You know, um, and, and then the Supreme Court of Michigan said, no, have a trial and then maybe we could consider it. Like, come back if you lose type of thing. Um, so, you know, the jury heard all this evidence. I think there was errors in the, the trial court that maybe 
Maybe the parents can uh, come back here. It, and by the way, there was this Eminem song. Are you an Eminem fan? I like Eminem. But, but because there's shootings all the time, right? And, and people killing kids all the time, blah, 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 right? Um, but during Columbine, you remember Columbine? That was before your time. Zeke, you remember Columbine High School? Like that was the biggest deal in our history, right? I mean, when it happened. Yeah. So uh, Eminem had came out with a song right after. I think it's called The Way I Am. But he says, he goes, you know, uh, and where were the parents at? You know, middle America. Now it's a tragedy. Now it's so bad to see, you know, because now this is like a beautiful part of Michigan that all this happened. And um, and then all of a sudden, because Michigan, Chicago, you know, California, like they've never charged parents for a shooting of of, uh, you know, a kid doing something like this at a school. Never, ever, ever has it happened. Uh, anyhow. So the um, I think there was OK. The shooting was was a disaster, right? I mean, the kid went with a gun and started shooting kids. There was blood everywhere. There was kids' bodies everywhere. You know, other kids that, you know, didn't die, but they were injured. They were on the ground. Um, the prosecutor showed all of that footage to the jury. <laughs> like, he showed all that, that footage to the jury. He showed them the footage. Uh, and I, was, I don't know why I have a paper. They showed it on a camera. By the way, this was all televised, this trial. You know, why can't the Donald Trump trials be televised? <laughs> this one was. You know, anyhow, um, all of that was was uh, the defense counsel argued that that should be excluded from evidence uh, that she said uh, the lawyer for the defendant said, uh, you're on basically, um, you know, uh, your honor, we will admit there was a shooting. We will admit four kids died. We will admit that all of that was horrible. Like we we everybody admits that. So we don't need the jury to see the actual footage because it's not relevant to whether or not the parents, um, you know, were negligent and caused this, you know, obviously if the kid said, I didn't do this, I'm innocent. And then show footage of the kid shooting everyone. That's obviously freaking relevant, but I don't, this is Joe Samuel talking. I don't think it was relevant to the parents case. You know what I'm saying? So that is going to come up on appeal. Uh, and that's how appeal, uh, the appellate cases worked. A lot of times, if you could show to an appellate court, because this case, is it over? Nothing is over! It is not over. Uh, so Jennifer Crumbly, the mom, the dad hasn't gone to trial yet. She's going to appeal this. Uh, actually, she already notified that she's going to appeal this. But but during the appeal, that's going to be a, a lot of what is at issue. It's like, what? why was it relevant to her case? I think she's got a point there. Uh, I don't think that those things are relevant. Uh, and, and she may win an appeal on that, but but there's also another rule. Did you know the Sixth Amendment entitles you to a fair trial? That's important because it doesn't entitle you to a perfect trial. So an appellate court sometimes will rule that was uh, an error that should is reversible. It's reversible error. Like they shouldn't allow that evidence, but there was so much other evidence and they're obviously freaking guilty that... Uh, it was still a fair trial. It wasn't a perfect trial. You're never going to get a perfect trial, but you're just entitled to a fair trial. I don't know if she's going to win on appeal. I think, I think the following, and she's been in jail, like she was denied bail. Uh, so she has been in jail since she was charged in December of 2021. So she's been in jail for almost two and a half years. And she looks like a different human being after during that two and a half years in jail. I think that either... The sentence will be really low in the sense that it'll be like low enough where she could get out soon. Or I think an appellate court will will 
give her some sort of break. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think it's, what do you think? How do you try, how do you try a, the parents separately? How does that work? Oh, she, they filed a motion to be, to have separate trials. So they could, sometimes they'll try defendants together, but here, because there were so many different things that the mom did and the dad did and blah, 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 that they, the, the court ruled, let's try them separately. Yeah, so there was a whole motion. Oh, there was also a motion that they wanted to change venue, meaning that they, instead of having this trial in Oakland County, Michigan, they wanted to have it, you know, somewhere else. That lost also. But I think that one is fine to lose. I think they were still, they still got a fair trial in that county. You know, I don't think the jury in that county would be more biased than a jury in a different county, you know? What do you think? Fair deal? Could the kid that uh, text that he sent saying that it's all my parents' fault. Yeah. Know that he read, wrote or whatever. Is that testimony? And can he be brought in just to back that up? The shooter does not did not testify in this trial whatsoever because he 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 uh, wanted his Fifth Amendment right to not testify against himself, which is weird because he already pleaded guilty and he's already spending life in prison. So I, what else can he? You know, the, what, how else can he incriminate himself? But the, the court ruled if he doesn't want to testify, he doesn't have to. Question is, okay, all right, all right, let's do it. You want a couple of dad jokes here? All right, we haven't done the dad jokes in a while. So come on, let's just have a little bit of fun. What's that? It's a tough episode for dad jokes. Tough episode for dad jokes? Why? No, it's never a tough episode for dad jokes. Did you hear about the circus fire? It was intense. How do you catch a squirrel? Climb a tree and act like a nut. Da, 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 da. I told my wife she should embrace her mistakes. She gave me a big hug. I, uh, <laughs> what did the big flower say to the little flower? Hi, bud. I went to buy some camouflage pants, but I couldn't find anything. See you next week.